This is the East Nashville Yacht, uh, Yacht Club podcast. You're <laughs> on a roll with that. <laughs> Sitting here with my main man, the Mayor Madison, <laughs> Richard Lips. <laughs> How are you doing this lovely evening? Doing well, man. How are you? All sitting on a rainbow. Man, uh, we got a special guest in the house tonight. We do? We do, man. Uh, he is a uh, local uh, radio host for uh, 104.5 and uh, 80Z Sports. Let's welcome to the show, Mr. Buck Rising. Gents, it's lovely to be here. Thank long you. time listener, first time caller. <laughs> Uh, Are you actually a long-time listener of the podcast? Uh, So I consider anything (laughs) longer than a month long time. And once I started following you guys on Instagram probably about six months ago, Mm -hmm. I saw that you had a podcast and it was local and I try to, you know, hyper-localize anytime that I can. And I think it's it's always cool conversations and I love the fact that you guys don't necessarily prep by your own admission. Have you noticed? (laughs) No. <laughs> Although your sports takes are horrendous. My God, whoa, that Allen Bell episode. Whoa. What the hell does Tom Brady have to do to impress you more at the end of his career? What the fuck are you two talking about? I mean, my God. What, what, was, his, what was the take? Yeah, I'm trying to uh, wonder. What, I'm, that to Tom Bra- the end of Tom Brady's career was disappointing? Oh, yeah. Oh, the end I of think it. you said that. Well, I mean, how it ended. Yeah, totally. He's 45. And he yeah, won but, a Super Bowl. Yeah, but and, the year and Normally before, that ends in the back of an ambulance. Yeah. The year before, though, he won. That was the perfect send off. Oh, sure. That was the perfect send off. Yeah. But I mean, if he would just ended it right there instead yeah. of trying to come back one more season. So I mean, he's still gonna be the best. Yeah. No, it's a good reminder yeah. of, of what it is that's on oh, the other humanity. side of my phone calls on a regular basis when yeah. I'm you know trying to understand <laughs> how exactly did you draw that conclusion? <laughs> now it's grounded. Okay, it's crazy. Like uh, my, my sports takes, uh, I kind of are better. No, I, I kind of equate to how people, you know, work in business as usual. You know, it's it's always good when you can go out on your own terms. Sure, it's not it's not the best when you're having to work, work, work for your job, and then you get canned one day. He's he was at the perfect he was at the perfect time. He can go. He could have gone out any way he wanted to, any time he wanted to. He and earned that, the right. That's what I'm saying, that, and that's what that's what makes him one of the best. I mean, I guess typically everybody earns the right. Yeah, he to could go come. He could come back next year, and people will op- uh, welcome him with open arms. He would still be. He would be the the backup in Tennessee. Vrabel <laughs> <laughs> uh, would do it just for shits and gigs. Will Levis, <laughs> Tom. Will Levis, quarterback number one next year. You know, I told you I felt so bad for Will Levis. I was like, you know, I know a lot of people have shit on the kid, and as a Tennessee fan. Hand, hand included but uh like if you took out the last 40 seconds of that last game it wasn't that bad of a stat line no <laughs> but that last 40 seconds if you <laughs> then you throw that in it's like man that sucks the whole experience was very preseason. Um, totally i had him on the radio show what was that probably two weeks ago i don't know when this podcast is going to debut yeah um but we had him on the radio show, and my first question was, are they being nice to you here? Are people being nice to you here as How a Kentucky did he quarterback? To that? He was like, well, <laughs> he, he, you could tell he was trying to be diplomatic yeah. <laughs> with his new fan base. Uh, he, basically, that he sees, you know, he's seen stuff on social media, and he's just out here hoping to do the best that he can for his new fan base. I would bet he saw the video that we posted that went viral of uh, the three fans saying, what the fuck, yeah. <laughs> when, when he got drafted. Yeah. <laughs> Which, by the way, was also the reaction of everybody on my staff because they all went to Tennessee. So <laughs> I, it, was, it was different. I, I, I didn't understand the trading up part. I was like, I, I think he would have been there anyway. I could have been wrong. but I didn't understand why you needed the quarterback now. 
like, unless you were convinced that this guy after one year is going to be exactly. The Especially guy. if you not you weren't deciding to cut Tannenhill. No, no, and they they really didn't try to move him no. that hard. No, no, not at all. No, In it doesn't fact, look it, like they're going to try to cut him next year. No, well, his his deal expires, so they won't have to. He'll and you know, provided that he doesn't have some kind of Mahomesian season, mm-hmm. I would expect that they just let that expire and try and move on to the next two. But uh, they might not. They might no, not be I able mean, to. Shit. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's that's a very real possibility. Both. It's it's really you know for as far as middling football teams go. Yeah. This one is a more interesting one, given that I think you know expectations are reasonably low, but they do have a lot of shit going on. Right, man, we went in the Super Bowl, man. Is that you posting on on the yeah, internet that they're winning the Super Bowl? Yeah. So now you can shit on his take. What are you What are you smoking? <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, you can shit on. Are you seen the AFC, Bud? <sighs> yes. Ah <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but we got Skaronsky. Sure. Yes. <laughs> sure. We got yeah. we got a starting left guard <laughs> who's never played there before. <laughs> And was telling me yesterday on the radio show how hard that has been to learn a new position that he's never played before. Did you so see, good luck and God bless. Did you see the T-shirts that uh, Northwestern uh, practice team walked out <laughs> walked out to last week? The uh, they had the uh, what, what was it? The, what's the name of the coach? The disgraced coach that got fired. Uh, Fitzpatrick. Uh, that's or Fitzgerald. Fitzgerald. Pat Fitzgerald. Yep. Pat, they had, they came out in Pat Fitzgerald jerseys. The coaching staff, who knows they're getting fired at the end of the year, but they're just there because just they have to put support. on a football season. He's just out there supporting yeah. the guy who's been over overseeing the culture of, yeah. you know, they harassment actually, and bullying. They actually did that. The shirt said, uh, us against the world. Yes, <laughs> that is correct. And uh, I saw uh, I saw somebody who was saying, man, they're, uh, they're worried about the wrong thing. They were 1-11 in 11 last year. <laughs> <laughs> That's maybe not the... Uh, the cart I would hitch my wagon to. <laughs> no. Yeah, you know, for future pros- job prospects, if nothing else, like I understand that you you un- that they know they're getting fired at the end of the year, regardless of how it goes. I could win ten games and get fired this year. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, to uh, to to decide that that is the place that you want to come out and take a stand on. Yeah. You know, of all of the stances being shit on by all the professional athletes <laughs> elsewhere in the world, that that's the one that you want to gravitate towards. You know. I will say, uh, this is off topic. This is a much different episode than the last one we had with the forest troll. This is a lot. I I will say I have not gotten to that one yet in my pod rotation. I was listening. I I missed my flight home from Chicago from their preseason game. So it was on my list, but I haven't gotten there yet. You've ever wondered Mm -hmm. more about forest trolls and how they live. It's a great education. I I am, in fact, interested in that. This podcast is Nashville. This is Nashville. Yes. Yeah. If, if anything represents Nashville, I would say so. Well, and that's my question as to you both were very gracious to invite me uh, onto, thank the, you for onto the podcast. You're I'm welcome. Very happy to be here. <laughs> but I'm the thing that your audience would likely favor the least. I'm one of these transplants, Nashville's gentrifier type individuals. That's come and ruined your city over the course of the last eight years. Are you from California, though? Not quite. See? No, Indiana, not quite California. <laughs> See, not mad same at time. you. Same not, time. not mad at you. Are you from Gary? No, no. Yeah. But it would make me more interesting if I was. I mean, it's, it's the Memphis of Indiana. Then I, I then I at least would have seen some shit in my life. <laughs> you know? But, uh, yeah, no, I, I'm, I was very happy to be invited. I think you guys do a great job on the podcast, and I think it does serve a very hyper-local Nashville audience. 
um, that, you know, needs needs something like this to make sure that they're still sane at the end of the day. God, you're making us blush over here. Yeah. <laughs> I got a boner. That's what I do. <laughs> Both of those things. I'll sell you some dick pills real cheap. We'll get to that. Yeah, we need to know about these dick pills. So, so does everyone on 104.5 uh, divorced endorse a weight loss program? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes, I, I actually did lose 58 pounds. Shout out PhD. Heads, yeah. You lost 58 pounds? 58, yeah. Well, wow. I was fat as shit after COVID. It happens. Um, okay. But I, uh, yeah, I was 248. And Without I, Ozempic, huh? No, no Ozempic. No shots okay. for me. Um, no, a lot of people who do the Ozempic uh, would not have, yeah, you? You look great. <laughs> You're <welcome>. Stunning. <laughs> Thank you. You look, you look like food is a courtesy at this point. Okay. 30 pounds. That's <laughs> yeah, not bad, but... Uh, yeah, it turns out that we uh, that we played our audience, and our audience, God love you, love you all, each and every one of you, even the insane ones, love you most, um, so don't kill me in my sleep, but a uh, lot of people who have gone through divorces, a lot of people who are... Uh, can't get it up. You know, can't get it up at this stage in their life, who are uh, looking for different ways to lose weight. That low T center. Need gutters on the house. All, all of the things. HVAC, baby, we got you. Dickens supply. And if and if not for sports gambling, the whole thing would just have collapsed really? in on itself. You know, like the dick pills weren't keeping us going that good, boys. You know, it is kind of that. That is an interesting thing to me with sports uh, broadcasting, like ESPN and everything else. Like you know, the, right. the numbers were going down. And I think that's more so has to do with the amount of options and streaming and everything else. Numbers going down where ratings as far as writing wise and stuff on but, what. Like, like just your regular shows and and games, daytime but, programming, yes. not games. Yeah. yeah, the daytime programming. But I think that that gambling has really helped a lot. Oh shit, yeah. I would have never thought that. I saw a guy at the bar and he was watching a soccer game. I go every time I see somebody watching that, I think how much money they got riding on this. Now it turns out you're all degenerates, and yes. we thank you for it. Like <laughs> that is, uh, you know, it's a, it's a fascinating dynamic because like I my you know I not. This season, but my travel in previous years has been covered by sports books. Like to for me to go to all the road games and do the things for Titans Radio and the pregame show that I do uh, for the Zone. But uh, you know, I don't gamble because it's of ethical concerns for a day-to-day NFL reporter to be giving out picks on the games uh, that he's covering. You well, don't have any insider uh, messages. I mean, or, yeah, tell us or 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 I probably do, but like, I'm not gonna bet my money on it. Y'all are nuts. <laughs> Weird shit, especially in football, weird shit happens all the time. I'm not, you know, so that, like, for me, that's always been an interesting thing. Yeah, like Tom Brady's career, that thing collapsed. That's a weird yeah. thing, too. Who would have seen that? Who would have seen that? The sports books, actually. Yeah. FanDuel, plus 220. But uh, I, think, I think that, uh, yeah, the ESPN deal and, and Barstool, really in the middle of all that, buying themselves back, essentially, yeah. um, because there's a lot more, there's a lot of things that you have to be aware of at a company like Penn, who is the new part, betting partner of ESPN, formerly with Barstool, mm-hmm. that okay. has to do with, you know, stockholders that Barstool has not had to traditionally give a shit about. Right. Because Dave Portnoy wants to say what he wants to say. Yeah. And he stock, did a good job at it. Sure. Yeah. But not if you have stock in Penn. <laughs> and Dave right. says whatever's on his mind. And whether that's, you know defending an employee's right to rap the n-word or whatever he has his thoughts on the patriots that day like those are things that the markets are aware of that penn is have having to had to deal with the repercussions of portnoy wants to run his business a certain way and penn wants to do theirs a different kind of way and it turns out penn is a little more disney 
after hearing about that with ESPN, that one almost felt wrong just because of the amount of games that they can that they broadcast and everything else i i felt like maybe that might be too insider baseball like if they have a stake with now gambling and stuff like that i, I don't know that one felt too oh they've much always had they have they have studios in vegas i was about to say did you think it would be any different than nba having a uh, sponsorship with the was it DraftKings Wait, or well, FanDuel what was it? Or i think NFL? the nfl yeah i mean yeah. The, each individual team has a betting part yeah. like oh, a betting sponsorship yeah. partner and then the league has their official well, betting it, i don't think it's any different they're just kind of late in the game right now isn't it the wizards that have a sports book in the arena Yes, they probably do. The Nats, I was in Washington. The Titans played the Commander football skins team week five last year, and I was I went in Saturday and uh, too late in the year to catch a Nats game, but I walked by the Nats stadium, and there was a sports book in the side of the Nats stadium. I mean, I guess it, <clears throat> if you break it down, I mean, it's the same philosophy as betting on horses or dog racing or anything else. Like, there's a sports book right there on site. So Oh, and for Penn it makes the most sense. Like they they are still the biggest thing. Like whatever, you know, people think about the fractured media environment, like you're not turning on your local news to watch the ten thirty five PM sports broadcast. You're gonna turn on Sports Center, NFL Live, yeah. fantasy football, all of it is right there. It's all yep. conveniently located. And even as people unbundle Still, you'll go to ESPN on YouTube TV, or still mm-hmm. you'll seek it out in your Disney Plus subscription. Like, just because the the cable bundle that has been so profitable for them for so long right. is starting to decline doesn't mean that our options, though fractured, are going to make any real difference in their bottom line. No. I was wondering the other day, I was talking to a buddy about why haven't the sports companies gotten together to just make one streaming service that has all of the sports stuff right there because that's really most of the time why i mean that's the only reason i got youtube tv it's for sec network sure and I, I didn't get it because i was really missing amc or anything or nickelodeon well if anything that that was one of the biggest one of the biggest harms that came to netflix is disney realizing oh you have all our shit we yeah. want all our shit and we'll put it on disney plus you know, espn right. plus is is Essentially, them trying to do that. Them but it's all like, it's. <clears throat> it reminds me of the Ocho sure. on Dodgeball. It's like all the random stuff is on ESPN+. Plus. Well, and they really, like, the thing yeah. that's the thing that they're making their nut on is the, the fact that UFC continued to fight through the pandemic, and yeah. they, had the streaming they had the streaming rights yeah. to it. So it was a great boon for people mm-hmm. who were gambling. So yeah. you seek it out on ESPN+. Plus. It's the only place that's really doing live sports rights, other than my buddies who were betting on, like, women's Taiwanese college basketball and shit like that, marble <laughs> racing, right? All of those things. Um, so ESPN is trying that, and, you know, the NFL is trying that. The NFL is, this year, their first exclusively streamed playoff game is going to Peacock. Like, they see mm-hmm. it too. They're they're getting Amazon to pay them $78.5 million per Thursday night Just football game. Just Thursday night. Just, yeah. But that's one. That's one a week. Yes. And at a cost crazy. of 78. What was it? That is crazy. Is, is that the Am- that's are you talking about the Amazon deal? Thursday night football. Yeah, yeah well, like they're making it's like I, I was trying to even figure out the math on how they even make that money up. I don't see they how don't. They, you can't. Can Not you? yet. Well, it's it's again, they it is a Netflix did this at the at the onset, right? Put out as much content as possible. Mm-hmm. And you're going to make it up on the back end, not accounting for the fact things like a global pandemic that would come down and everybody would trend towards streaming and start to chip away at what Netflix already had or take the rights back that they had given to Netflix, things like that. Um, It's it's a really you know, it's it's 
it is only it's ever changing but like the principals who are still involved there whether it's a television network or a streaming network yeah. live sports rights are still the most valuable thing in town other than you know it's an election be. cycle i thought uh, just live tv in general was just worth more money well, reality television is proving to be that yeah. for streamers, yeah. right? Like Love Island and shit mm-hmm. like that. And WWE. 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 AEW yeah. having a having AEW. a huge, like all of it. I mean, truly. I say, they're still no, running Big is. Brother. How many years has Big Brother been running? Oh, gosh. It's like, it's on like 25 years, ain't it? Yeah. yeah. It's, it's like crazy. way up People there. still watching it. Yeah. Well, they, I think you can actually gamble on it. <laughs> <laughs> Which is wild. Like, to an extent. I know yeah. I know. certain sports books will only let you wager so much on the reality television because, duh, you idiot. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can bet on WWE, which is, blows my mind that anybody does that. Yeah. I mean, but it's, you know, it's, it's a testament to, one, the appetite for gambling, and yeah. two, mm-hmm. the power of it or yeah. the meaning of it to these entities that they're willing to incorporate it I mean, or allow like, their shit to be you're bet literally on. betting on a feeling that's not even like like weather conditions not no, their records no. it's just like i feel like seth rollins has it in it's them. predetermined did, did you it's, get arian foster's script it's predetermined <laughs> yeah. it's predetermined they even say that. so that was a big reason vince mcmahon had the opportunity to buy ufc before dana white did and it was dirt cheap it was like five million dollars yeah and, uh, and he didn't do it because he did not like that he couldn't control the outcome. That was the only reason he did not buy it. it which, I mean, turned out, I don't think he would have done as well, of a, as good of a job as Dana White did. I truly don't. No, Dana White, I mean, Vince, Vince McMahon is, you know. He's I, a hell of a promoter. He's a force to be reckoned with. Yes. And whatever you think of his morals, because obviously that's been in the news in the last year. And Dana White's as well. Yeah. Um, you yeah. know, whatever they are as humans, they are good at what it is that they are paid to do. Oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, if you weren't doing sports, what would you be doing? Jack shit. I don't know. I no. mean, I, I had like thank God that I sound like this because I had I really was not terribly interested in sports until somebody told me that I could make money doing this shit. <laughs> uh, like you, you didn't grow up, you know, loving uh-uh. sports, like watching tailgating football games or anything. No. Just He said he grew up in Indiana. No. Not a big Hoosier, uh, Hoosier fan? <laughs> no, basketball. But, I mean, even that was like until I went there for college. Like, yeah. that was that was late. Uh, no pace. God, I thought kids always, you know, grew up, you know, with the ball in the crib and stuff like that in Indiana. No. I you mean, know, I, dreaming, my, of, dreaming of the border wars, but, you know, in Indiana, Kentucky game. Sure. And, I, you know, that, that again, late to life on that. But, like, my uh, my background's a little different. My uh, my dad worked for the Egyptian, Egyptian embassy to the United States, and my mom was a congressional lobbyist for a telecom firm. Um, neither of them give a fuck about sports. Uh, my mom. That's what, quite a word salad. Yeah. 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 So uh, she probably wouldn't even show up to a basketball game. Was she? No, she was at she was at Indiana the year that Bobby Knight won his last two championships, and she never she like had she no, never idea. Went to no idea. She didn't know that the athletic where the athletic facilities were located. Oh wow! This is my mom. My mother came to visit me once in college at Indiana. It was a noon football game tailgate we didn't care about the football games we tailgated and then went home to watch notre dame as one does <laughs> yes growing up in indiana but uh she came up one time she woke me up at 5 30 in the morning because she wanted to be the first to go to not the main campus library 
but the historical library where they had a copy of the Gutenberg Bible, one of like 12 in the world, because that's what she wanted to see. And then she went home for the day instead of coming to the football tailgate with the rest of the parents because that's who raised me. So, no, sports sports in my life, buddy, not quite. So, didn't play them nothing. I mean, like, at some point I asked my, like, one of my uncles, like, hey, can I play, like, cup football? Like, everybody else is doing this shit. This seems like something I ought to be doing. Yeah. And then, yeah, like, around eighth grade, uh, like, I had to develop that interest and express that interest yeah. myself in sports. That was not something that was ever. In well, a, uh, you were saying before we got on that you actually went to school for law. Yeah, poli sci. So what made you get out of that? I sound like this. That was it. I was I somebody in a sports marketing class because my cousin's a baseball agent. So law, maybe entertainment law, maybe sports law. Uh, took a sports marketing class. A couple of dudes and you said your cousin's a baseball legend, baseball agent. Oh, agent! I was like legend. <laughs> no, <quite>. what? <laughs> no, I'm a douchebag, but I would not just I okay. would not do that in quite so douchey a terms. My cousin is Ken yeah. Griffey Jr. Yeah. <laughs> Can't you tell? You might have, you may have heard of him. <laughs> yeah. No, but anyway, Randy Johnson. He was telling me to take some <laughs> some sports marketing classes, and I had a couple of buddies in there that were like that they were doing sports media and marketing, and like hey, you should do student radio. I was like, I don't know dick about sports. That's dumb. And mm-hmm. so I, you know, figured it out, did a couple of, of shitty student radio broadcasts. Yeah. Apparently it was enough for a station down here to offer me an internship. And uh, I didn't have a job, so yeah. that was that. I said, they didn't care what he said. He said, man, you hear that voice. He's got a, that we can sultry. Work, we can work with that. Straight mm-hmm. up. That's smooth. We can work with that. So did you. <laughs> Thank God. So you didn't even send in a resume or anything to A to Z? Uh, no, A to Z actually hired me um, from the station that I initially got the internship from, 1025 down here as uh, a locally owned station uh, out in Antioch, and I was an inter- unpaid intern there. We used to know it as the party. Yes, that is right, to you yeah. uh, long-time, na- <laughs> to you native Nashvilleans. Yeah. Uh, 102.5. Well, hell, I know the, the zone was 17 different kind of music formats before it ended up being the zone 20 oh, years the ago. Oh, zone's a ton of stuff, yeah. So, yeah, hired uh, or interned down there, had to, one class to finish up online, uh, got a $10 an hour job working midnight to 6 a.m. to run a board. Did you say $10 an hour? That's right. Okay. Yeah. What year was this? This was, so that would have been 2015, 2016. Out of college. From midnight to six. From midnight to six. And then I was loading. Just moved to Nashville. Loading trucks at UPS during the day. And then was going to the radio station at midnight at night to do overnight board op. Basically just to make sure they stayed on the air if like emergency alert shit happened. My man has paid his dues. (laughs) But talking about UPS, did you see the the recent news of UPS? Mm -mm. You know, they had like protests. Uh, The drivers were protesting and they negotiated. Like, They're making uh, dumb money now. Good. 160,000 Good. truck drivers. They, I mean, listen, I, like, especially like, and not, I'm, I wouldn't pretend ever in my life to be blue collar. I've had an incredibly privileged existence um, beyond, you know, gutting it out as we all yeah. do with the first couple of years yeah. out of college. But like, you know, that's, that's hard manual labor. And like, people got to stick around a long time to yes. be a driver. Like that's the height of, I was about to say, of and, what it is. And the, the, the way the society is now, you know, how Amazon came up pushing out two day deliveries and everybody's trying to catch up to that. Yeah. And I don't think Amazon sure pays as well. Amazon has famously not paid as yeah. well and tried yeah. to quash unions pretty, you know, famously yeah. pretty quickly. Yeah. They, you know, they do contract work. 
like, Amazon. Yeah, you can you can you can buy your own truck or rent on your own truck and do contract with Amazon to deliver packages. I did not know that. Yep. That they're, sounds awful. They're though. Uberizing yeah. Amazon. I mean, you. They're a global brand. I mean, they yes, got, we we probably our house alone probably gets thirty packages a week. <laughs> I am not a fan of Amazon, so I still like going to brick and mortar. I'm with you. I I truly enjoy. Actually, I feel like there's a weird part of me that feels like I'm taking someone's job or know, something. You still going to Rivergate Mall? I do go to Rivergate Mall. I'm like the last one. What well, me and got, the, Hey Jason, how you doing? We got some new shirts back here. Me and the Silver Sneakers Club uh, are the only ones still walking he's around. The, well, he's the only one actually shopping. The rest yeah. of them yeah. there just to get their laps in. I like. I just go to get samples of pyramids. I get that and get get some stuff from Dillard's. I got a great men's apartment. <laughs> yeah. That's a new Tommy figure, Jason. Come uh, look at him. <laughs> but it's not even it's not even that for me. It's just like I like like especially clothes. I won't order clothes online. I have to physically try it on because I, I know see it. I won't mm-hmm. take it back. Yeah. I know I won't take yeah. it back. It's gonna get lost in the shuffle. It'll sit in my closet and then ten years later. You don't get a brand though that you like and then that's your brand that you don't have to go in and try it again. Try to try that same clothes. I mean, again. I you know, yes yeah. I, I definitely do. What's your favorite at, pair of jeans? At this point, oh, uh, <laughs> super snobby. Imogene and Willie, does a, I really love their shit over there in 12 South. Like, mm-hmm. now, not not UPS, midnight <laughs> at 6 a.m., buck. Hey. Then it was Walmart, whatever. I, <laughs> life's different now, boys. Dancing. Life comes fast. <laughs> <laughs> Don't we all? No, that's something I actually, I remember my daughter when she was, um, in high school or maybe she was in middle school I don't know but um, uh, she found a pair of jeans that she liked some brand she liked and I think it was just like Hollister or something wasn't even anything crazy but she really liked those I was like alright well let's just get them she's like well they're high dad I'm like I don't care if you find a good pair of jeans yeah. that fits you go with them you get them yeah. <laughs> and that's just that I've always been that way with jeans if I, like you know I usually wear Lucky is the one that I, I like well I've since uh, I've since outsourced all clothes shopping whatsoever to a company that does those things. Yeah. And like, I'll come in and like organize your closet and put together your outfits and stuff like that. Uh, in my, uh, in a, not single, like a stitch fix thing. Not quite. Um, okay. stitch fix is not coming to your house. They do not come to your house. No, these are, these are two women, uh, here locally that run a company called style concierge. And they, uh, they had been, you know, they do stuff like, uh, clothe people for fashion shoots and stuff like that and after i had broken up with my girlfriend um at you the show, end of, you're gonna show her the like <laughs> it wasn't even that but it's just i haven't shopped for clothes for myself in the better part of five years i probably need some hey, assistance i need, on I need this. a new me I got, yeah well in the music the 80s music montage and Flipping clothes all over the <laughs> It was just, but it's not me flipping the clothes. It's these women in there just gutting this thing. Like, what the hell have you been doing, bud? <laughs> and they're looking at him coming out, shaking their head. No, Straight up. No, like it. That was the experience. Like, <laughs> yeah. half, more of my clothes ended up on the rack that they threw away than what was left in my closet by the end of it. Uh, but, you know, I just, my, my nightmare is, is getting asked to do speaking engagements and shit like that and looking like an asshole because I don't know yeah. how to dress. And, <laughs> and so that is something that has been a, yes, that was something that was a necessary. Was evil. it money well spent? Yeah, sure. I write it off on my taxes. Really? Just like haircuts. You but, can write that off. Shit, yeah. I would not have guessed that. My cable package, my internet, my, my concierge. Job. He does speaking engagements. Speaking engagements, all this stuff. I remember Trump was saying that 
Do you write off speaking engagements? No. Haircuts. Haircuts? Clothes. How much do you think that haircut costs? It, it should have cost ten, but I bet he paid hundred. I thought it was a toupee <laughs> for the longest, like until until all those shots of like the wind blowing it askew and seeing and just was, barely where it's hanging holding on. on. I mean, you know, credit to Uncle Donnie. He's he's out here living the dream. I'll say this: he found one haircut and said, "That's enough." This is look. He just kept it the whole this time. Is, to to the man's credit, he is he has found a way. Whether it's iconic in the traditional sense mm-hmm. or not, it is definitely a an icon now. I think a lot of stuff he does is really just a fuck you to people. Like I got money. Like wearing his tie way too long. Yeah. Like which you're not supposed to do. The hair. Like just little stuff that he does, I truly believe is just little like <laughs> you think fuck he does it on people. Oh, absolutely, oh, without question. <laughs> so, like we were talking about the idea, and you know, this is they they very much steer me away from anything political uh, on sports talk radio for obvious reasons. But like we were talking about the the first presidential run, obviously, as we're getting ready for another election cycle, and. You know, him doing shit like Facebook calling. should be fun. <laughs> can't wait for those comments. <laughs> please, please don't take another knee, for God's sakes. I can't deal with another six years of that. But uh, I just things like him calling Marco Rubio Little Marco or Elizabeth Warren Pocahontas. <laughs> and, you know, just like shit like that that is the most like reductive but laugh out loud funny stuff yeah. that whatever you think of him or his politics, like it's going to get you. I'll never forget to he me the best, tw- the best tweet Straight. he ever did. Do you remember when he, uh, he tweeted a picture of Rocky with his face <laughs> on top? <laughs> no, you, you mean to tell me that beats the taco bowl? The uh, happy, the happy, was uh, what was it? Uh, it was Cinco de, Mayo. Cinco de Mayo. He tweeted out a picture of him doing him a thumbs up in front of a taco bowl <laughs> yeah, saying that right. the, the oh, chefs kinda, at Trump's Tower or Trump Tower make... all kind of things. That's he, right. I forgot about you doing that. I remember he, he was, talking, he was at a podium to my Puerto Rico. <laughs> <laughs> I love Puerto Rico. Was that after the hurricane where he's not even handing paper towels he's, to people? He's, he's shooting them. He's shooting <laughs> Jays with yeah. them because he doesn't want to get close? Yeah. Like, come on. Come on. That's a real human being. Uh, he's a, uh, yeah, I mean, take politics aside, he had some zingers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I try to, I try to do, I try I do try to contextualize that because obviously, you know, like I said, I'm not going to get into everybody's politics, but uh, there is, there is a comedic element of him that is so absurd. 100%. You cannot help, but even if, even as self-serious an individual as you might be about the state of our nation and what impact you think he's yeah. played and everything else around the Trump presidency and all the indictments. I think he got 10 more charges in Georgia last night. He's had night. a few. Yep. <laughs> yep. He's had and, a few. And he's still the leaning candidate by a mile. Like he, he is objectively hilarious. Even he's if you, easily the funniest president. <laughs> is it wrong that I do laugh every time Joe falls? Like it's, it's, he's fallen a I, lot. I like when people fall. I, I don't know. It, it's like a, uh, there's a, there's a little bit of a sad old man thing to it. Like I'm like, oh no, Grandpa, oh no, and then but you're like like when he when he rolls up on the bike and it just kind of slowly teeters over like. It, well, when he funny. tripped walking up the steps to can get we, on the plane and then pointed at something that was down there like he tripped like something like tripped him up. Or, can we not add age age limits? I think we need age limits. I really think Biden, I said on the last episode, I think Biden and Trump need to step aside. I'm t- I don't think either one of them needs to be well, president. That's my thing. But Can we not have anybody? There's got to be somebody younger. Well, that's what I thought. Like the last election, 
the most diverse group of Democrats in history yeah. running for president. What did we get? Old white guy. Sleepy hey, Joe. They know who will win, though. I mean, that's all it was. Was just we just want somebody to beat him. That's it. Well, that was all it came down to. We just want somebody to beat. Him. I mean, really, like Tulsi Gabbard was like a creative character for a presidential candidate. You had a female military, pretty as she can be, middle of the road. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like she was everything. Or like people like, and you know, again, not to not to get not to get to each candidate's like policy or platforms that they were running on, but like. Mayor Pete, right? Gay mayor, military service. Had it all. All these different things. He's in Biden's administration now, but like the idea that it is still ends up being two white guys in their seventies and eighties, yeah. like <laughs> two old white guys. It's just like we we got to Obama and nobody knew how to handle it. <laughs> nobody knew how to react. And then since then it's just been overcorrections left yeah. and right. Well, I think Obama was like the perfect storm of uh he didn't have any background. So he didn't have all that shit you could uh, like bring up. Yeah. You talking about like the birth certificates or anything? <laughs> Not this birth certificate. <laughs> the the no, real stuff. Mean, he didn't have any real background. I mean I mean like actually he had zero background. He wasn't even born here. No, uh he uh no, I mean, How about like, that middle name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's uh, Muhammad as, as Hussein, yeah. As somebody Hussein. who is of Egyptian who is of Egyptian descent in my entire side of the family, like, you know. I knew by the name Buck you were Egyptian. Yeah, well mm -hmm. okay. it's uh it is yeah. That's a dead giveaway, one would say. <laughs> but uh, no, uh, he had like no political history, really. Like you couldn't look at all the votes and stuff. I mean, if you look at Biden's voting record, I mean, it's kind of surprising he got it. I mean, he only got it because people hated Trump that much. It is. It, I mean, that the fact that we had the biggest election turnout in history as a result with those two speaks to what the momentum was for just a dissatisfaction yeah. with the with the incumbent. Like, take I think out, that's what it boils take down Take out to. Obama. Hasn't every election been that way since uh, George W. and John Kerry, though, really? Not really. I think everyone has been like, I just hate this guy less. <laughs> I mean, because to a point, I mean, up until... Up until uh, Trump, the incumbent had won, you know, back-to-back, -back, right? Mm, who was the last one? HW, one HW was HW, one term, maybe, yeah. I think, most recently. Clinton was two. Uh, George, George, George W. was, was two. two. Yeah. Obama, two. Um, and that's that's the extent of my presidential yeah. knowledge. I can't go back any further Yeah, but than still, that. John Kerry, that was the second time that, that George W. ran. And that was more so because, like I said, that was more so because people just didn't like John. I mean, like, they weren't, like, enamored with John Kerry. They just didn't like George W. But, it, yeah, and it, it's it's one of those things, though, and I think I'd love that this has turned into a political discourse podcast. <laughs> yeah. It's it's one of those things, because I, I honestly think to, I honestly think it's kind of reflected in everything, whether that's sports, whether that's culture, and how how everything has been co-opted into left or right, and there's no real like centrist opinion that not, can not gain anymore. traction, right? That, that can gain traction is my big thing. Like you have to operate on the extremes if you're these people, and and by extension, like extremes in terms of hatred of a candidate, mm -hmm. not. You know, I disagree with this policy, but I like where they are on this particular yeah. line of thinking. There's no, no that in no, it. No, no, no. no, that kind of bothers me that we've gotten to that point. And, and the amount of identity politics, I don't really care for that. Agreed. Um, I just, I feel like there's more important things to be worried. I mean, like, I guess whatever you're worried about is what's important to you. But 
Um, the, I just don't think people are actually worried about half the shit that they say they're worried about. <laughs> I think a lot no, of it gets really. a reaction. No, not really. Um, but there's sure. always something that uh, that a candidate you know ties his campaign on, like the war on drugs or the border, build the wall. Yes. Well, yes. I felt with when it came to Trump, it was almost like the DNC and Biden were like, okay, let's throw as much stuff at the wall until something sticks that we can like start really beating Trump on. Oh, COVID stuck. Let's do that one. Yeah. We're going to hammer down on COVID. Yeah. And while while he was desperately trying to do the thing that they. You know, the thing that they were campaigning against him on, which is open everything back up. The thing that basically people wanted in Biden's, you know, Biden's benefit was that the Trump presidency happened in the midst of a pandemic. Like, had it not been for COVID, I don't know that Trump wouldn't have gotten a second term. He's clearly popular again. The one thing I'll, uh, and I wasn't like the biggest fan of Trump, but one thing I will say that I think was pretty uh, unfair was how he handled covid I don't know how anybody would have handled that. Like it never happened before. Nobody had a, nobody had a plan, and <laughs> then to hammer anybody happened. on what their plan was after yeah. the fact—Trump, Biden, whatever, whoever, whoever it was—like, oh, yeah. so now the pandemic's just over with Biden, or you know, it, yeah, so that's various like, points with Trump opening up states. It it wouldn't have mattered who was in office to me. I think it would have been unfair to talk about how they handled it because nobody had ever handled it. But so, it's an easy political yeah. lightning rod to super. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, like what they were talking about. The amount of people who who died and stuff like that well i mean heck what was i don't know what what you do yeah. i have no idea no it went yeah no. i mean and, and now you're having people out there advocating again that the that the proponents of ivermectin were right you know two years after like i've seen that making a surge on the internet it's just like is that coming back yeah well more, more in the joe rogan sphere so i yeah. think that's that's something that uh, i just saw that uh, neil young put his music back on spotify did he? Yeah, yeah. He didn't stick to his guns on that one. Did you? You go, you go and listen to it. Uh, I like Cortez the Killer. <laughs> That's a good song. Never heard Down by it. the river. I'm okay with that one. <laughs> <There's> a, <laughs> I could name one Neil Young song. Uh, I just named the two. It's Cinnamon Girl. Cinnamon Girl's a good one. Is it wrong that I want to ask? Did he? Is he Sweet Caroline? That is not him. No. That's Neil Diamond. Neil Diamond. That was close. <laughs> You're so close. That was close. There's both Neils. I take that as a win on I mean, for really, you could just say, is girls, girls, girls bomb, too? That's Vince Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm telling you, pop culture, a blind spot for me across the board. Like, if you, make a, if you make a movie reference that happened before the year 2010, I'm probably not picking up on it. So before uh, sports became your thing, then what was your thing? being loud. I don't know. I, uh, <laughs> I don't know if y'all heard that big sigh. Just <laughs> <laughs> nothing. I was just nothing. Just living. Just wandering. Just wandering. <laughs> I mean, no, honestly, like sports, sports became my thing because sports, you know, I, I understand that not everybody is going to be Stephen A. Smith making $17 million a year, but the op- the idea that that marketplace exists and that people like skip bayless or stephen a and to their credit they've worked very hard in their careers alum Uh, yes so there is a degree of intelligence somewhere in that creature one would imagine Mm -hmm. but like the idea that this was a profitable space that also allows you to just dick around and have fun with your friends in front of microphones and you know hopefully you're smart enough not say something in front of the microphone that'll get you fired you do get to record mike brable a lot i I I get to deal with Mike Vrabel a lot, and, but honestly, like like it's not the thing that that got me into sports is like I like entertainment, like I like to be entertained. I like productions. I used to we used to go to a lot of Broadway plays. I, I you know it's always something that I have. 
kind of gravitated towards and to see the NFL at the height of American sports and to cover games and yeah. to see them go on the run that they did in 2019 and to understand the significance of it to the culture as a microcosm for society and all those different things. Like I almost look at sports sociologically more than I do from like, hey, this is going to be the tight end's responsibility on second and five, and you're going to have to implement this protection if you're the quarterback, and this is how you're going to counter it on defense and all these different things. Like, that, that is an element of it. Yeah. That is something that I had to learn. Yeah. But, like, the bigger importance of sports to people is the thing that got me interested first. Gotcha. The fact that I was missing out on it. I was like, what the hell do I not know that everybody else seems to know? And then, you know, got through it a little. Basically, the first NFL season I remember watching, like actually watching, was 2012. Golly. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what I would be without sports. Like, that's pretty much my whole life. You, know, you wouldn't have kids. <laughs> I might have kids. I mean, you might have kids. I don't I know. Kids, but I, mean, I, I mean, that's would, what y'all bonded over. Yeah, sports. You know, they're playing, they're playing travel ball. Like, yeah. we're out there. We're, we're taking kids to lessons and stuff. <laughs> like, we're, we're, we're all involved. It's we're real. All, we're it's all real. in. He only had kids so he could be we're more involved in, in sports. <laughs> he don't I even mean, really like the girls. Almost every night <laughs> Have you week. seen Baby Gronk? That's, that's a thing that happens. <laughs> almost every night of the week, there's something. There's a practice or a ball game. And I'm in there just yelling. <laughs> yeah, but, like, like that is something. Like, that was totally foreign to me, you know? And, like. I think, I think it helps me bring a different perspective. I also think it gives me some blind spots when I'm doing mm-hmm. my job, and I, I've got a really good crew around me to, to help me out with that. And the Titans have, you know, the fact that they allowed me to start covering them at 22 years old when I had zero experience as a poli-sci major who had, yeah. like, a month of broadcast experience, got a job at a radio station, was emailing PR people in the middle of the night, be like, hey, I'm working for this radio station. I'd like to come to practice. Can I get a credential? And they just let me. Like that—that's the way that I got into sports. It's I re- not. I remember tradition. reading that was. Were there a lot of reporters, you know, recovering the Titans at the time? There's really. I mean, you know, it's not a major market. It's you and Paul Kaharski. <laughs> <laughs> How tall is he? Could you take a him lot in a fight? Shorter than me, I could, but that's because he's <laughs> older, anemic, and no, I, I think, in fact, I think, especially now that he's taking these Ein Tribe classes, he's got a little more fight to him. But is he on those low T? He's at the age. I don't know. He's at the age. He's starting to age into my demographic. Come on, home chief. No, PK. Honestly, like I know people have strong opinions about Kaharski, and I actually like him. I love him. I love him to death. Every time I hear him, I picture Joe Pesci. He's he is. He's basically Pesci. He's he's Pesci without hair. Every time I listen to him, I wouldn't say that's that's the first thing that comes. I wouldn't say I found out his age, and he was a lot younger than I thought he was. Well, that's a joke that we regularly make every time he has a birthday. Is like I'll wish him a happy sixty second on his on his you know forty eighth birthday, and he'll freak the hell out. And you know his his attitude ages him more than anything. How old is he? He's in his fifties now. Okay, but Um, like early fifties. Yeah, early fifties. Yeah, I would have thought sixties. Yes, I think most people would. (laughs) Uh, But he honestly, like, to grow up in the Titans media room with Jimmy Wyatt, the fucking goat, and Teresa Walker, who's been covering them for the Associated Press, all of Tennessee sports. I'd love to be around Mike Keith. Mike Keith, who Mm -hmm. has been awesome, Coach Mack. Like that is my work family. I've talked to Coach Mack, and he's he's fascinating to talk to. But like, I don't think that Titans fans understand how lucky we are to have Mike Keith. He is such a great commentator to have. When I was working that midnight shift, I used to have to cut highlights for like the morning show, and like I would have to listen to other radio, other teams' radio broadcasts. And the qual the difference in quality between what Titans Radio has does. This is their 25th season. They're getting ready to do their yeah. 500th game this year, and I know it means a lot to Mike. That's 
that's one he's of his children. He's got all 500. He's got, yeah, <laughs> that's right. He's got, he's got kids, but Titans Radio is also his baby. Yeah, that's sports. Right. <laughs> that's sports. Right. And so, like, to, yeah. to, you know, to bring it full circle, like, to not understand that until I see it in action. Mm-hmm. And I get to be in the booth with that. He's with a VFL, now. too, by the way. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think that's, I, you know, I wouldn't speak for Mike, but, like, if Bob Kessling's job ever came open, I Mike Keith a, would think about yeah, it. I think yeah. they would throw a lot of money at Mike Keith. I think Mike Keith would have to seriously, and, you know, again, I'm not speaking for Mike, but yeah. and not having talked to Mike about I could see it ever, happening. It, I, would, it wouldn't shock me. It would not shock me either. Mm-hmm. That, uh, means, that means a lot to him. So who's taller, Paul Kaharski or Mike Keith? It might be Paul. Mike's a little guy. Mike's a little guy. Mike's yeah. a little guy, which yeah, is I have crazy because that's yeah. a boom coming out of that dude. And he's, he's and Paul just might be taller than him. Just might. They're probably they're probably you know I think they're probably about both five nine. Who wins in a fight between between them? Who wins in a fight? Mike Keith. I literally I see him shadow. He, Mike shadow boxes before the game starts. Like, Seriously, I'm he, in the booth with them. That's being, intense. Right <laughs> yeah. No, no, no. Like. Boys, I'm telling you, like, I don't take anything more serious. I'm on the air for 17 hours a day at this point <laughs> in my life. But there's nothing that I take more seriously than the 15 minutes that me and Jimmy Wyatt do pregame with them, 15 minutes before kickoff, yeah. mm-hmm. because Mike's in there, Mac's in there. They're locked the fuck in, that entire crew. And they've got such a clean operation from top to bottom, engineers, production staff, people back at the studio here in Nashville. Like, when Mike, when the lights are going and Mike starts shadow boxing and stuff like that, it's I'm on. like, it's on. It's honest fun. <laughs> I, I, I think the world of that man. He really should so he shadow boxes every time. Buddy, I've tweeted out videos before. <laughs> I, I don't know about every time, but like, what did it's you still think pretty first, awesome. What did you think the first time you saw that? I was like, oh shit. <laughs> I, it I is like, fucking on. I, I, I don't know anything. I shouldn't be here. Like, this is this is a degree of seriousness about sports that I have never once in my Welcome life Welcome to Thunderdome. <laughs> my, the Titans radio booth is the Thunderdome. It is. And you, you just, like, again, it's only 15 minutes. That's the only part of their broadcast that I am. And I just don't, I don't want to let Mike Keith down. Yeah. It's so crazy. Speaking of kicking ass, I feel uh, disappointed if I didn't ask. So you met them all in person. How big is Derrick Henry? Big as fuck. He's just a fucking monster. I, I, Derek, Derek and Cam Newton and Miles Garrett are like the three players that I've seen in my life that like I have to double take because they are so overwhelmingly Large. giant and athletic and faster than anybody you've mm-hmm. ever seen and stronger than anybody you've yeah, ever seen. I think that's the thing. Like you, you've seen linemen and you know I've seen basketball players. Yeah, so, you know they're, they're big. But they're like those guys, six four, six six, and just chiseled. Different. It, it, it just looks different. It looks than, way than a different. Lineman that's six eight. It just looks different. Derek, I I have covered every game, every day of Derek's career. Even when he forgot to tell Mike Malarkey that he was finishing his degree at Alabama and just didn't show up for a for a period <laughs> in the spring. If anybody remembers that. <laughs> but he is he is still somebody every day who I look at him. And say, if I was a safety, I would, I would, I would quit. Yeah. I would quit. You know, not. I think he's going to buck that running back trend. I think he's got like a few more seasons, like more seasons than a normal running back would have, just because of just the athletic freak. He had something he like is. 380 touches last yeah. year, and, and I, he's done that for three years yeah. in a row. I think he can do it yeah. again. <laughs> and I don't necessarily think it's that. I think it's just what running backs want to be paid. That's it. Oh, he's going to get paid. He will be not, the highest paid running back in he, history. Not what he think he feels like. The highest paid running back in history on his next contract, or you mean in total? Uh, oh, in total. I mean, 
that's not even that much. He it made might, le- yeah. he he's already he, he's well, financially he made he's making less. He has made less than Zeke, than McCaffrey, than Kamara. Like yeah. his next one, he's gonna make a, he's gonna get a contract. No, if he I mean you guys Zeke Elliott so? he would get one. Ezekiel but it, only got six million. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, it, that's what I'm saying. Like he would get one, but it's not gonna be you you think he's gonna get twenty million? It's not even close. You don't think so? No. The way the uh, the Shit, running no. back market, he may get It's 10. that bad. Dalvin Cook is three years younger than, than Zeke yeah. and Derek. Derek and Zeke are about the same age. So you're saying Dalvin's going to get the contract. Del, no, no, Dalvin he, got, they're, they're Dalvin got the contract, oh, and he, he got really? eight. Okay. He got million? Eight. Saquon up to oh, It's Saquon. not even like a base salary of eight. It's up yeah. to eight. Saquon Barkley, what, got 10 plus incentives? 10 plus incentives to get him to 11, and that is probably the max that any running back is going to make on the open Let's market say, this year. It would be surprising if he gets 12. That's and that's bad. because the Titans That is love pretty him. bad. Yeah. I mean, if, if he ends his career here, it'll be because they like him that much as a person. Yeah. Because they think that highly of because him. They th- because nobody – Jarrell Casey didn't get this that is, at the end. This is his last contract year, ain't it? This, he and Tannehill are, are in corresponding expiring mm-hmm. contracts. Man, what do you think – what is your feeling on that? You think the Titans keep – I mean, if they keep one, I would think they would keep Derrick Henry. No, I think infinitely it would be Tannehill over Derrick. Really? They Just, repl- they've already done the thing that yeah. people think they can't do. They've already had to replace Derek for a year. You they know, I was kind of who was that 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 uh, took over for him? Deontay uh, Foreman. Man, he had a hell of a year too. I was kind of this last year in Carolina. He was in Chicago. He played against the Titans. He had a good year. Yeah. <laughs> like so, that was one. I was kind of surprised that they did not keep him after how he played. Redundancy. I, I thought during the playoffs they should have been playing him instead of uh, Derrick Henry that last playoff game. I don't disagree with you because Derrick, you know, with with. He just got back. A metal plate and seven giant screws yeah. in his foot. He just got back. Was not right. And then the Tannehill thing was obviously a catastrophe. Yeah. But was that the first play he threw an interception? Or first and play? last. First, last, <laughs> and a goal line interception in between. God. I've never seen a, I've never seen a fan base or a stadium and we broken. Still, we still almost won. I know. Nine like sacks. We were still in the game. With if, all that, had they not, because they didn't play overwhelmingly great on no, offense, like no, Titans were mugging no. them, and if McPherson had not hit those those giant kicks, like he was, the, he was one of their best players during the playoffs. Evan McPherson, the kicker. Mm-hmm. But so, no, I think infinitely more Tannehill. Tannehill's more valuable. Like, and I know people hear that or and freak the fuck out, but it, it's not about who they are; it's about the position that they play. You know, I, I was for. The thing that I don't think enough Titans fans really look at when it comes to Tannehill that I think makes him valuable is when you see how much these other quarterbacks are getting paid and how much Tannehill's getting paid, it's not a bad deal. Like no. it's it's it a was serviceable never a bad deal. Quarterback. No, it's a serviceable yeah. quarterback and you could still go get more players. That's, that's, top- a, that's a perception now. Like when it when, oh, when deal, it happened, when deal was made, you know, I, or I, I think people are a little, whoa, whoa, he's getting paid that much. Oh yeah, because that was coming off the <laughs> yeah. AFC Championship. That yeah. was oh, he had the highest QB rating in the league. He was he was up there statistically with mm-hmm. Rodgers and Mahomes. They had just gone to the AFC Championship, but the argument then was Derek did more. Like yeah. it was more Derek. Well, I mean, it, it didn't help him these uh, that past year without uh, you traded his best weapon for a uh, McChicken. <laughs> they uh, yeah they they they. they Respectfully, they fucked him. Like, <laughs> they fucked him. They totally did. Yeah, I mean, across the board, like it was a uh, that was that was one of the more it was great for sports talk radio, but it was calamitous as far as that last off season for John Robinson and you know. So, what was the thought for, for trading Brown? I don't even really know why he thought that that was a good culture over players. Was that really all it was? 
don't try and they big stick was, me they, when I've got the big stick. They thought he was asking too much. I so you're saying that he was making a point by trading Brown to the rest of the team. I think that it ended up being it can be it can be equal parts that and also Derrick Henry on the roster, a $25 million wide receiver for a team that doesn't like in an ideal world Mike would throw the ball 17 times a game. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. Is that worth $25 million to the value? I think so. I think evidence in the league would tell you AJ continues to uh, succeed at a high level. And it's the only wide receiver they've drafted that really lived up to the potential that they had. Derek Mason. Um, Outside of that. But even still, that's <laughs> like Houston, Derek was drafted by the fucking Houston Oilers. Yeah. Like, you know, that's yeah. been 25 That was a long time, time ago. ago, yeah. So AJ has really been the only – and they, they kind of even stumbled into him, right? He was a second-round pick. Well, yeah. and AJ – they did stumble. And AJ helped Corey Davis. Yes. Corey, Corey Davis had his best years because AJ Brown. If you would have drafted A.J. Brown fifth overall and Corey Davis, what whatever A.J. was in the second, second round, 70-something. That's a yeah. solid draft. And, that is a and solid they had draft. That. And you saw the dividends of that in 2019. They had Adam Humphreys. They had Jonu Smith. They had Derrick Henry. They had a good offensive line. And Tannehill, you know, Tannehill thrived. Like, it, it, yes, it's a certain circumstance, and it's a very, very brief moment in time that you can't – it's really hard to recreate, but, like, they really fucked him when they traded A.J. Brown. Yeah, that was messed up. That was messed up. <laughs> it set the team back. It set the team back. I do think that um, – what's his name? How do I forget his name? The Arkansas uh, – Traylon. Yeah, Traylon I think Burks. he's going to be a good wide receiver. I do think he's going to be good. But I think he ha- it helps a lot that he doesn't have to be the guy in year two. I think that helps him big time. I think it big does time. if he just stays healthy. <laughs> if he can stay healthy, yeah. yeah, he'll be all right. Yeah, but, like, I mean, you could say that for any of them, yeah, right? Like, Kyle yeah. Phillips, his shoulder blew up. If he could stay healthy, he yeah, would have made a difference yeah. if – uh, Taylor Lewan could stay healthy. He'd make a difference. Yeah, He'd probably still be on the roster. Yeah, like, yeah. These are football. They're all going to get hurt. You think Malik or Will or uh, Will is going to be the guy? I think they're both going to be here. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I think they're. I think it's a three quarterback team. Uh, well, I'm saying after this season, like who do you think is going to be the future? Oh shit, I don't know. Hard it's, to say. Like, well, it's he's just only like, played one game. <laughs> and 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 I don't want to dismiss the question, but like the way that football coaches look at it. Like the organization, Rand Carthon, the GM, yeah. the front office, they are drafting for future development. Coaching staff can give a fuck about that. Yeah. They're trying to win football games this year. Mm-hmm. They're trying to keep their jobs this year. They're trying to get the best out of Derrick Henry this yeah. year or get Malik and Levis as ready as possible for this year, yeah. should they have to play. So, like, future-wise, they're not that – there's no real separation other than Malik's been here for a year, and that does make a difference. Um, but there's nothing to discern one from the other, really, right now. Did you see uh, – uh, you probably didn't see this. We made that one meme with um, Bud Adams flipping off. Saying, I did see that. So uh, I got it sent to me by a lot of people who thought it was laugh out loud funny. It was pretty funny. <laughs> so so uh, what I thought was uh, funny was one guy made a comment and said, this is clearly a white ran. Is this white ran or something? And one of our buddies commented back, that, that's not – that's Bud Adams. Uh, ran's black. <laughs> <laughs> You know, especially I thought that on, was so clever. <laughs> especially on Instagram, like 
the level of discourse that takes place in comment sections. Oh my god! Apparently, oh my ours god. is a very argumentative, and I've never noticed because I quit reading them after a while. Well, I feel it's become more argumentative since Music Shitty took a shot at you two. <laughs> We've been hearing a lot about that. <laughs> We've been hearing a lot about Music Shitty One taking a shot on us. I, that was that was I was I had that prepared in my opposition research before I came on the podcast we, today. We were uh, we were poking the bear. Uh, yeah, we were poking the bear, and I was uh, I was wondering how that was going to play out. So I love the idea of interactivity between accounts. Agreed. And um, so anyway, I've been I've been kind of poking it and telling him ideas I've had just to see what would happen. And then they made that post. We actually got three thousand followers that day. No, that I'm post, saying, which is insane to think that that happened. But it was um, I thought it was pretty funny. I thought, I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It, it was pretty funny. And then, uh, and then copying the exact same post. And copying the same post and just reversing the names. That uh, made I me was laugh. In tears when it, when if if it. you can't, but that's that's the correct approach. Like you have, like you have, it's just the internet it. is there just for trolls, it. right? We we we've just seen a president, a president who yes. is back in the, yes. back in the mix, basically win because he's an internet troll. Yeah, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Like. It's it's just a. Uh, it's that is that is the proper approach. I I like the way that you guys responded to that because well, I saw that it made me laugh, and then I saw your response and it made me laugh even harder. So I, we actually I, I I know we've talked about. It. I don't follow them because um, I don't want to inadvertently get in. I like sure see their stuff and it gives me ideas for stuff. So I try not to look. So I don't I listen don't. to sports talk anything. Really anything. Because you're on the radio the entire time. You don't have time. 17 hours. <laughs> yeah. I, straight up, my phone sent me a screen time report yesterday that said 18 hours on average a day. And I just, it's. 18 Football hours. season's back, baby. That's a lot. We're back. Do you get tired of it? Sure. Uh, I mean, you got to. Well, I mean, of, of screen time, but, you know, I have blue light glasses and all the necessary yeah. safety equipment, yeah. I guess, at this stage of Are my life. Are you drinking, like, hot honey tea and stuff? Like- uh, I do drink a lot of tea. I drink way more black coffee. But, um, yeah, no, I'm basically, uh, I don't know. I don't sleep well anyway. So, it's, uh, <laughs> if, I, if I'm not asleep, I might as well be working. You, may, you might as well uh, go start that 12 to 6 shift <laughs> talking to. <laughs> Honestly, I think that's why I'm still fucked. Stay up 24-7. I, I don't think there was, I don't think I've quite recovered from the overnights. So For you those think, of you who have worked third shift. Is Nashville going to be your home market? Oh, man. I mean, or, I, uh, I love this place. I bought a house here uh, before everything went crazy. Shout out California. Uh, for completely wrecking our real estate market um, and the pandemic, I suppose I should probably credit that more. But like, I I will always have a home here. I, you know, it's it's a contract year for me, so like I would love to stay as long as humanly possible, provided the right opportunities. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, you just I, I don't say like it's when like people ask me, what do you want to, what do you, where do you see yourself in five years? Right, the old question. I'm yeah. like. I don't know. Is Apple paying for live sports rights in five years? Like, what the what know. what is my what is my know. environment like? Mm-hmm. So I, you know, in a it's like Derrick Henry retiring with the Titans. Sure, I love it here. I'd love to stay here. It's such a great time. Even in the last eight years since I've been here, the city is completely different, and the yeah. growth is wild. I was about to say it is completely turned over on itself. I mean, and and to to witness that and to have I have a deep love of this place that I don't think you could replicate anywhere else. Like my, I talked about, you know, Kaharski and them and yeah. my Keith and like, that's my family. You know, that I, I feel like I've been raised by those people to an extent like this. You is, love elves. I do. I do. Well, it, it, you know, it's a good reminder that I'm not short. 
<laughs> because I work around giants. Yeah. And it's, you know, I'm six foot two. Like, I like to think that I'm a, of above average height. And then I'm reminded by all my media colleagues who are. I was actually surprised with how tall you are. <laughs> I get that a lot. Yeah. Hey, it's uh, crazy how, how tall some of our guests have been. Uh, yeah. Alan Bell, not tall. No, I've got Alan by a few not inches. Tall. No. no, no, he's not tall. I love that man, by the way. No, so hey, uh, he's pretty cool. Scuffle like Moss was not as tall as I <laughs> thought he would be. I thought he would be tall. By the way, <laughs> I usually listen to podcasts two times speed because yes. I'm, you know, if I'm looking for information, I'm, I could, not, sense, could yes. not do y'alls with Alan on two times speed. My <laughs> he guy, is so much. My guy has a walking pipe bomb. He is fast. Hey, yeah. yeah, he's full of energy. You got to be. Hey, you gotta so, love yeah, him. I kept telling him to like turn down the voice a little bit because he was popping he and can't. stuff. He couldn't do he it. He can't. He just couldn't do it. My, <laughs> Alan Bell has one speed, and that is why I love that man. Wide oh, open. I loved Yeah, he was uh, He was interesting. He was fascinating to talk to. I was about just, to say, we could have spoken with him for another, for another two, two hours. hours. Yeah, we could have kept going. He, he, he really was. He was pretty interesting. So I guess you guys all run in the same circles. You guys see each other nonstop. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, I honestly, I probably haven't seen Alan in three years. Like, oh, really? But, like, you know, that's, I used to, I used to do this sad, shitty Friday night radio show at 1025 when I was still working for pennies and stuff like that, just getting reps. And they, yeah. they this was before, Karski was still the ESPN reporter. He was on the zone. So they no. couldn't have, it was an ESPN affiliate, couldn't have the ESPN Titans reporter on their air. Teron wasn't here yet, um, who now covers them for ESPN.com. So like I was the only Titans reporter there for a period of time. And like I would do a Friday night show on the Titans and I'd actually beat the zone, which was like one of the, things that I was most proud of because you can't get that fucking signal for 1025 in Bellevue and it is hard to get oh. after a certain point point. and I love all the and you know I'm, I'm, I'm shitting on them because it's a you know it's it's a different situation but I love all those people there they you know a lot of people who gave love me my the first buzz. opportunity the buzz <laughs> no on it I mean straight that that whole cluster like people we're all in the same building and like you know a lot of they gave me an opportunity, right? So it's yeah. not just because it sounds like it's derogatory. I don't. I don't mean it to come across that just way. Just because you don't like them doesn't mean you don't. No, I do. But <laughs> the thing is, I I do like them. It's just it was a it was a it was a first job. It was a bad situation. I got a much better one out of it, and I'm grateful for the time that I was there. Uh, but uh, yeah, that Alan. Anyway, I used to have I used to have guest co-hosts come in and do because I'd never done radio before in my life and. Uh, Alan was one of the people who was kind enough. He was still like the NFL managing editor for 247 before he got into gambling stuff heavy. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think Alan was always in the gambling stuff heavy, but now paid <laughs> to do the gambling stuff heavy. And uh, and so, like, you know, Alan and Corey Curtis, who's been in Channel 2 for 20 years, and, you know, people like Mickey Ryan and Brent and right. uh, Blaine Bishop and, you know, Eddie George, who would come on from time to time, like people who had no business giving me any time at all. Uh, are the only reason that I have any professional existence whatsoever, not by any talent of my own. Well, you uh, you were so talking about the A to Z. I still remember when A to Z started. I don't think they do it anymore, but like it was just strictly on Twitter. Yeah. So they were actually the morning show at Cromwell, at 102.5, mm-hmm. um, and they got fired. We crossed paths like maybe a period of months by the mm-hmm. time that I got there as an intern and they got fired. Um, Zach Bingham is one of the... Is, the Z in A to Z right. is one of the most insane human beings I have ever met in my life to go out there and start a live streaming sports talk company and figure out all the different things, all the different algorithms, find out all the different technology, basically be his own IT department. They were doing this shit for three years before they hired me as their first full-time employee, and now there's 50 of them. Were you their first employee? First full-time employee. They hired me out of Cromwell because they knew that I, they had known me a little bit. Yeah. 
and you know I apparently I'm told I have a bit of a personality so to hire somebody to do a solo show on the internet you know there's only there's not that many people I was about to say you got to carry a, a whole hour or were you doing an hour I on the streaming show it's closer to probably you know after games because it's Sunday through Thursday night like yeah. I'll go an hour and a half after a Titans game yeah. people are there yeah. and, you know yeah. but the the thing that they they taught me so much about the business of how it is that people get paid to do these things and why pe- ad- advertising and sales it's all advertising and marketing and all these things and like I have such tremendous respect for both of them Austin Stanley and Zach Bingham um, Zach's the CEO of the company now since they've gotten financing and, and branched out to all 32 NFL markets and like it's good for them I'm telling you I I am so proud of those two and because it took balls and I remember seeing them on Twitter by themselves in what looked like a getting like barely any listeners four whatsoever. or five people and like to you know, do that consistently I was about to say and you have to keep doing that keep a, doing it that's a thing subjecting like, yourself to that's that that's basically what we've been doing is for four years <laughs> hey man <laughs> but that's real like and you know t- t- like that that is real and I just I think Zach Zach is wired differently than any human being that I've ever met, other than like the shit you read about about people who start companies. So, both of them helped me immensely. So it sounds like you've been kind of inspired by them. I am. Oh shit, yeah, yeah. I learned how to. I, I thought that people would just pay me to talk about football, and no, that's not the case. You have to go out and sell people on why they. Should. You have to hustle. Yeah. You have to hustle, and like taught me sales, taught me marketing, taught me social media, um, everything that, and you can do it in a more catered space now because you know terrestrial radio has had a certain format for a right. while and mm-hmm. you know they're doing it off uh nielsen ratings and timeshares and demographics and a does he does some of that too and not to give away all these state secrets but like it's just they they took the time to invest in me and there is no i don't have a career without those two the zone wouldn't have been interested in me to replace midday which was not something I was scared that's shitless. the thing that blows me away you got the fucking midday show that's the big show to get yeah <laughs> well in that was the big show to replace yeah. time slot wise like midday is the worst oh really yeah. yes so is it's really still I thought week. the midday was still no, the big the, one the, the three to, the three still to the six one? the three to six time slot when people are leaving work that's still the, the biggest that's one? the biggest yeah. pandemic did change some of that with work from home but okay. still the biggest. I would always think midday and that three to six would be like. Like who was listening to the radio, like really during during the lunch hour? Diehards. Me. I meant the diehards. Oh, diehards. Yeah, it's not. It's not. I'm just in my car and I'm gonna just turn on the radio. Right. Like, like you, you got to go out of your way. I guess way. I thought because midday 180s to me was the biggest show on on. Like you got to go out of your way to to turn on the radio at 12 o'clock during your lunch hour or you know, something like that. I got to where I was tired at 3 HL after a while. <laughs> Well, and you know, though, and I don't know what iteration of it was, but I th- and it's hard, right? Because that's that's a that's an institution. That's yes. that's Clay, yep. Blaine, and Brent. That's mm-hmm. been there's been several different versions, but that has held strong. That means something to people. Um, I think it was the the Mickey Brent and the Dawn Dawn, and uh, I was like, man, it's starting to sound real vanilla. Well, and you know, I can't I can't speak to that, but uh, yeah, you're paid by them. Well, sure, and and also those are my friends, and I know that shit. Yeah. It shit's hard. I get it. You know, like I like it now. I, I still listen to it. People uh, are uh, adding Ron Slay in there now. Slay, yeah, like Slay's electric, Slay and I think yeah. to just kind of move people into positions that 
better equip them to succeed. Yeah, yeah. You know, chemistry's hard. You guys probably know this. Like, I'm sure it's not perfect between the two of you on a day-to-day basis. No, it every is. day. Well, I you you <laughs> are more perfect su- mis- uh, marriage right here. <laughs> you are more <laughs> successful than most because, like, I mean, there's you know, there's a bunch of unearned ego from people yeah. in front of microphones. And no. some of it is earned, but most of it's not. Like, yeah. for the most part, it's a very insecure, very small mm-hmm. industry where people are just trying to make sure that you don't get more airtime than them. And I think the working dynamic by everybody at the zone, I don't just say that because that, I worked there and those people have been very good to me. Yeah, um, It's hard to, to do that with good chemistry and with good consistency in a way that works for everybody. I don't know when it started, but I do think that Crossfire kind of started it and set the mold for it. And I think it it reminds me of very much WWE, but at some point... Crossfire on CNN. Yes, that sports sports shows and radio shows all decide we're going to have a referee and a bad guy and a good guy. And that's what we're going to have. We're going to have somebody who's a middleman, and that was kind of how we're going to have our shows and formats. And it does work. I totally get it. Well, you know who inspired Crossfire. Crossfire took it from sports. Is that how they got it? Kornheiser and Wilbon. PTI mm-hmm. was before Crossfire. Yeah, PTI. Was it really? PTI before, has been around for Pardon ever, the interruption was before for Crossfire? Ever. PTI. I've been watching it for a long time, but I didn't realize it came on before Crossfire. They're the birth of all of it. Yep. Like, okay. Yep. But, the, you know, obviously. Part of the eruption was totally that way. Kornhauser was the bad guy. Will Bond's a good guy. But even everything from, like, if you watch the show, their rundown. Yes. Everybody has a rundown now. Yep. Now. They yes. get the rundown yep. before editing. They totally started yep. that. They had, Absolutely. They got the format. They, they the format. debate television. I mean, there had been debate television before. But in terms of a daily program. I was addicted. PTI set the stage. Yeah. Crossfire was next. Then things like cold pizza evolved into first take, evolved into pardon what, the interruption. Basically, the entire pardon the interruption. Mm-hmm. Um, all of it is now. All of it is now just uh, or uh, pardon my take. All of it is now just a a, a, a variant of yeah. the thing that those two developed twenty five years ago. Can you guess when uh, when it aired the first year? PTI. When Power in the eruption started. Um, oh gosh, ninety eight. God, you were kind of close. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. So almost twenty years. No, twenty years of it's been of over them. 20 over years. twenty years. Yeah. Math over is hard. Years, yeah. This is why I do talk, talk for a living. What was the What's the show that had? Um, what's his name? Was the original host Max Kellerman? Oh, um, this is the four around the horn. Yep. So around the horn has been going for a while too but like even that was you know it that was, was because yeah. PTI yeah. and now that's like that's their format right and then yeah. Fox Sports built a whole network off that they just yep. keep hiring ESPN cast offs mm-hmm. they just got somebody to replace Richard Shannon Sherman, Sherman. Yeah. Richard Sherman yeah. I wonder how that's going to work poorly for Skip you think so? I think so <laughs> Shannon was an accidental star and the fact that Shannon outgrew Skip yep. is a testament to him yep. I think Shannon made that show he did Skip, Skip gets you there. Shannon makes the show. Yes, yeah. Skip, Skip is the thing that people love to hate, right? You got to have the bad guy, mm-hmm. and there's some definitely. And you know, Shannon was very memeable. He is, and which, in, which I mean, and I mean that I know it sounds weird, but I mean he was memeable. Like he made it to where more people had yeah. eyes on the show yeah. because of stuff that he did. Well, and I've always thought that like for 
it's formulaic in a sense that almost feeds some of the worst parts of people because it's almost always a black guy versus a white guy mm-hmm. with an intermediary inter- intermediary in between. Yeah. I didn't even think about that till you said that, but yeah. yes, it's it it's it's by design. Like these people, these yeah. these producers, Eric yeah. Ridehome, who is the creator of all of it mm-hmm. at ESPN. Yeah. Um, yeah. Very intentional in the way that these things are designed, and you know, to to great profit. Yeah, but I think we, like, so. I gotta start being the bad guy. You're already you already did. Am I the bad yeah. guy? Yeah. I didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> but I think too, like, uh, I, like, I'm, like I'm the bad guy, and the show's named after me. <laughs> like, like to to Shannon's credit, like he like he's a hard worker. Like he puts in the time, and I think people just give more credit to you know guys that actually played the game. Yeah. And so you just. But he's good at his job. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. That's what made him even, you know, even better at the job. But it took a minute because he got mm -hmm. fired at CBS. Yeah. Yeah. And CBS is as dry and dusty and they've tried to. I think that's what it was. Like he was like CBS is too dry. And they tried to CBS him. Yes. Yes. And he showed he showed who he was. I mean, uh, you know, his tone, his uh, his vernacular. Just how he he's how smoking he black and mild. Yes, he's how got he he's got the henny yeah. up on stage mm-hmm. with him, like he he's <laughs> speaking to a different part of of culture. Yes, that yes. CBS can't tap yeah. into. And Nate Burleson is there. Nate Burleson. Well, is he's also an but. equal for Skip, and Skip doesn't have too many people who can debate him quite like that. Which and is I crazy because Skip doesn't think that he's equal. Skip thinks he's above a two-time Super Bowl that's champion. That's the change. That was. Wasn't that kind of the reason for the change? That was a big reason. They were starting to have like legit arguments. Yeah, because Skip, you know, Skip's always shitting on LeBron or Tom Brady, and mm-hmm. and you know denigrating that of a talent or the talent of Shannon next to Tom Brady or something I was, like that. I was thinking more so of you know pay. I I thought I thought I read I thought I thought I read, <laughs> I read something where it seemed like Shannon was wanting the same pay as Skip. He was. And then that's kind of how everything kind of unraveled where he decided to leave. That's what I saw. And now he'll probably get paid more money to go do it with Stephen A. Like, they're going to – I mean, that's what ESPN is in the business of doing now. They're spending way more money on way less people. And, you know, McAfee, they bought – they don't have a YouTube presence, which is crazy that the worldwide leader in sports couldn't figure out YouTube. So they just bought the biggest YouTube thing, even though they already had it in-house before he left and became the biggest YouTube presence. That is crazy to me. Well, I don't want to keep you. I know you got a real busy schedule and everything, but uh, no, we fun. could keep going forever. I, I yeah. can keep going, but anyways, uh, that's a very polite way of saying you're out of things to talk to me about. No, no, we have plenty to talk about. I, I just keep up, seeing your phone yeah. going off, so I figure you got. Stuff I want to bring to up do. one more thing. I read something about you got a couple of cats. I got two. You got two. Yeah. He said about? couple. I uh, I don't like animals. I don't like many things. Where honestly. the cats come from? I thought Egyptians worshipped cats. Uh, we do. Got statues, uh, got two, yeah, I, two I actually do. Yeah. I, I actually do have a because I, you know, I went back to see my family the last couple times. I always bring back some cool stuff if I have it. And I've got some little, uh, I've got a little sphinx head and a couple of paperweight type of type of things made uh, made out of alabaster on my desk. But uh, I live in North Nashville. Uh, do you pray to them? Don't. No. In fact, I pray that they don't slip my throat at night. Okay. That's what I pray. Uh, not a pet person, but I live in North Nashville prior to the, the gentrifiers, including myself, invading North Nashville. And Good for you. Turn, I mean, listen, but I got in before before the Amazon and Oracle stuff. So now, yeah, yeah. you know, they're selling for 720 as opposed to three whatever what mm-hmm. I paid. Um, but a lot of alley cats in North Nashville. Uh, and there were two about the size of my palm that I found behind my trash can in my backyard one day. And now they live in my home. So how long ago was that? Man? This was pandemic, so this was November twenty twenty. Nice. 
So with this schedule that you have, how much time are you taking out for yourself to do things that you enjoy? I don't have anything else that I enjoy but my job. That's it? It's, it's probably my biggest character flaw. I don't like going on vacation. I get miserable. I, really? I you have, don't go out for a drink or... Oh, no, I do. Like, I was, I was drunkard and shit for basically <laughs> a month once they missed the playoffs because I haven't had a January off since 2018. Last you didn't time, know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I was just in Tin Roof. God, thank God for Josh Griffin or for pulling me out of Tin Roof and being like, all right, you got to go home at some point, bud. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I went on a bit of a bender after they didn't make the playoffs just because, like, I had free time, and that was great. And it was like, oh, this is nice to not cover the playoffs for once, and then, you know, maybe they'll make it back, and that'll be great. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I, it's, it's probably an identity thing being too wrapped up, like yeah. me being too wrapped up in what it is that I do as opposed to being. But I just, I love it. I, I love it. There's nobody has a better job in the world than me. Um, if you love what you do, you never work a day in your life, brother. I'm telling you, and the opportunities that it has afforded me, you know, the fact that anybody gets you came f- on this podcast. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, like, look at that. <laughs> but like the fact that either of you or your audience gives a fuck about what I have to say is wild to me. Like, it's crazy that people the actually. Fact you're on here talking to us is wild to us. Let's <laughs> <laughs> go back and sit in the dungeon. <laughs> you know, I mean, hey, listen, this was nicer than the first place I started it is doing. a dungeon. This is. <laughs> it is. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Thank wait. you, Music City Vintage. <laughs> very, very, very hospitable, hospitable host. Well, they, they, it is during uh, work hours, so sure. yeah, yeah. But I, uh, you know, I, I, I have left vacations early. In fact, I. This year was the first time that I took a weekend to like take a vacation. Yeah, in probably three or four years, and I hated it. I was so ready to come home and like bury my nose in my phone and figure out who the fuck I got a call to figure out if DeAndre Hopkins actually got an offer from the Titans or if the Patriots offer that was anywhere was close. That was kind of confusing. It seemed like there was some really weird reporting on that whole thing. Well, and I got aggregated with a, just because we played an audio bit of somebody saying that they had offered a contract and then very quickly got many messages from the organization saying, no, 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 no. So how much <laughs> of that reporting on contract dealings like that is actually um, guided by agents trying to get a, a player more money? 99.9%. <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, I've always wondered that. I'm like, it's got to be quite a bit saying that. You, you, they're working on behalf of their clients, and uh, they are the ones who it benefits to have the details out there. Like Adam Schefter, when he has contract details, and I'm not, you know, I'm not knocking Schefter. That's usually from agents. No, it is. I mean, it, it's all, it's, it is from agents. And Schefter is connected across right. the league, so I'm not, yeah. and I wouldn't source guess so on it. So, do these agents pay somebody to put that out there? Though? Well, sure. You get a finder's fee. I mean. <laughs> It, but it is beneficial in terms of when, let's say, Jeffrey Simmons. Jeffrey yes. Simmons just signed a massive contract. He's not represented by one of these mega mega shops, CAA, I, uh, uh, WME, like uh, agents that represent everybody from Coca-Cola who's, who's to Who's the Peyton agent Manning. that represents everybody? Jimmy? Jimmy Sexton. That's there college. That's college. Yeah, that's college. No, Jimmy Sexton is also Derrick Henry's agent. Is he? He's, really? got, co- he's got SEC coaches. Jimmy yeah, Sexton I know he, is. I know he almost has. Every SEC coach, he's got a lot of SEC. Maybe two he doesn't. Uh, He and he battles them against each other. Correct. Mm -hmm. And and you will you will agents do this all the time. You will have multiple clients, and you may not be negotiating in the best faith of all of those clients because you've got one that's going to fit here or coach, for example. Mm -hmm. You've got coaches ready to go that are. You have clients that are. They're just to satisfy the Rooney rule that the teams are trying to get by. Yeah. Right. Like you've got people on your client roster 
just for that purpose. Speaking of Rudy Rule, uh, kudos to Vrabel for this past week. You can say that to him, and he'll very quickly shrug it off. Yeah. It's, he, I just thought that was a cool thing to do. We all did. Yeah. And it was. And Mike, it, it didn't even – I don't even – I mean, I'm sure it occurred to Mike that it was – there is some benefit as far as who he is uplifting – in those moments, but like that dude, they've hired females to, they've got a de- female defensive line coach, Lori Locust. Yeah. Uh, they've just hired a full-time strength uh, coach who's on a female who's on their, their staff this year. They've got their nutritionist is, uh, is uh, a female for the first time in the organization. Like, but he just does these things because these are the people that he thinks has earned it. Yeah. And it's more impactful than any Rooney rule or, I mean, the, the 49ers got a third round pick because the Titans hired a black GM from the 49ers. That's a rule that the NFL has instituted to try and evoke that change. And it takes somebody like Mike Vrabel, not really giving, giving a shit about all of that stuff and just saying Terrell Williams is a dude I know. He's a dude that's earned this opportunity, and he's going to go out there and be the head coach for a preseason game. We literally asked him, where did he get the idea? And he goes, I thought of it. <laughs> I'm assuming that Mike Vrabel is highly regarded among NFL coaches. He is very much. Um, and, you know, for as much as he shits on me personally – I was <laughs> talking. I, 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 I'll make this admission because I've already talked about it. I got Botox the other day. Good for you. And his son follows me on Instagram, and his son narked me out to Mike, and that was an unpleasant exchange for me <laughs> to have to suffer through. But better than boner pills. Well, I'll sell you those too, bud. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, Mike. Mike is like if if for whatever reason Mike Vrabel was ever to not be the head coach of the Tennessee Titans, he'd have a job before he had the opportunity to tell his family. Oh, he's got to. I Mike. Would Mike is. Uh, he's as smart as anybody I've ever been around. Um, regardless of football, like he's just a highly intelligent human being. He's a very intense human being, and you know he knows that he can. He knows that he can direct things the way that he needs them to go. So you weren't here during when we signed Wizenhunt or Randy Moss. Wizenator was my first year. Was it really? He was my uh, Wizenator's firing. Man, we was all my first really year. thought that he was the one. Like that yep. was such a huge hire. A lot of NFL. He was in the league for a while after that. He was Not in as a the head Super coach. Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but you know, this is just like this is this is Mike Mike Vrabel was interviewed by the Colts, and the Colts decided not to hire him. And they decided to hire Josh McDaniels, and he ghosted him, right, if you guys remember that famously. Like, yeah. Josh McDaniels got hired by the Colts. He was going to be their head coach. They passed over Mike Vrabel for that dude. Mm-hmm. And Josh McDaniels looked around, and maybe he had an idea that Andrew Luck was going to retire. He looked around and said, nah, fuck off. So yeah. Titans just lucked up. It happens Kinda, that way. Yeah. yeah. Like, it ta- like it, just because these organizations or these people who work in these organizations make millions upon millions of dollars doesn't mean they're smarter necessarily. So, since you've only cared about sports for eight years, do you need help at understanding the Oilers uniforms? Uh, no, because I am of sound mind and body to understand that an organization's ownership of the rights to a uniform means that they get to wear the uniform instead of the city who That is a weird NFL thing team. to me that everybody keeps saying that about the Texans should be the ones wearing those. I don't, under, I don't still, understand that thought process. Technically, it's still the same organization. It, we are the same. Or, <laughs> it's the same, same owner. owner. Yeah. It's the same, same ownership. owner. So, uh, no, I'm, I mean, you know. And we were called the Oilers. Yeah, for the first couple <laughs> The of Tennessee years. Oilers. It was yeah. the Oilers. Playing no, at Vanderbilt. My, <laughs> in Memphis. The Liberty Memphis, Bowl. Yeah. My... Uh, I, I spent those overnights learning everything that I could about the Houston Oilers. Like, I went back and watched, like, games from the 1960s so I could understand who 
uh, Dr. Doom was yeah. for the organization, or uh, Robert Brazil, and, and who just went into the Hall of Fame, I think, recently, and, you know, K.S. Bud Adams and, like, AFL versus any, NFL. I, I don't know any of them. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, like, that was just what I had to do. To I was really hoping we'd have the baby blue helmets. I thought those were badass. You might still, but not this year. It ain't, it ain't happening. So they're going to do these again? Yeah, I mean, they have the option. Like, they have to submit any changes that they want to make for uniforms to the league yeah. before they can be approved, which is why – like, they haven't done alternates with the Oilers before this. Yeah. Um, I like all the throwbacks that are coming out this season. I think they, they, it does look good. It's really them and the Eagles. I think those are the I only thought, ones. No, Seahawks. I think Seahawks are doing it and the I, Bucks. I just meant in terms of, like, the Bucks. the Bucks haven't uh, a good throwback. It's just the idea of Baker Mayfield and Kyle Trask wearing them disgusts me as opposed to Tom Brady, <laughs> so I've ruled them out. But I just think that the Oilers, I honestly think, and I, you know. They I'm got not, the best looking one. I really think so. And, like. I, uh, it's the only time I've ever wanted Titans gear as a professional reporter who's supposed to be objective. Is <laughs> you haven't like, been given any? Oh, no. People, people, I, the, the organization gave me an Oilers jersey yeah. that says BR show in the year 23. <laughs> and I offered it to our producers because I'm never going to wear it. And they said it has your name on it. I'm not going to fucking wear it. And so I'm just going to frame it. And put it in the so office. where are you during games? In the press box. So you are in the press box. Okay, I didn't yeah. know if you because you're not commentating the game. Like how that's. No, I'm in. I'm on the field for you know. I, I have a two hour pregame show with Blaine Bishop and Mickey Ryan. Uh, two hours before kick, mm-hmm. so I'm on the air from wherever I'm at, uh, whether it's a home or away. They'll yep. they'll be here at studio wherever, and I'm I'm on the road. Uh, and then I'm in the booth 15 minutes before I'm on the field. Between that and then for the game itself, I'm in the press box. Oh, and uh, last question. I know, um, like I said, well, I already said earlier, but anyway, uh, are you going to be doing anything with the Virginia-Tennessee game? I'm going to go. That's about it. Yeah. So I'm, it's going to be a day off for you? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'll probably get a credential. Like, I don't – Will this be your first Tennessee game? No, I actually went to Neyland for the first time this past season. For the first Please time. tell me it was Alabama. It was Florida. That's still good. I almost went to Alabama because it was the Titans' bye week. It was mm. the best football game. It was a top five moment of my entire life. Florida or Alabama? Tennessee, Alabama. Easily. Yeah. Easily. I'm not even like – like I was telling somebody um, – yeah, I was like, I feel weird saying this, but like I put it up there with having my kids. Yep. And they were like – they were like, what, what do you mean? I was like, As well, sports. with my with my kids, it was like there was a little bit of fear and like like – I didn't know what was going to happen. Yes. I didn't know. Mm-hmm. Like, I was excited, and I loved them, but I didn't know what was going to happen. With that game, it was just pure joy. It was all you joy. You weren't scared of Bryce Young at all. No. I knew we were going to win. I knew we were going to win. Think about that. Think about that. You didn't know I, that. When we went back down, I was like, we're going we're gonna to score again. Now, we're going to score again. 15 years. You, I just, you knew it. You, <laughs> in the stadium, if you felt like how everybody was cheering, like nobody quit yelling – Nobody got down. It was like they kept going. Yeah. And, and I, I did get a newfound respect for Bryce Young, though, watching that game. I didn't know. I was like, man, that's the best quarterback in college he football was right there. Bryce Young was unbelievable. Unbelievable. That's that might have been the best quarterback Nick Saban's ever had. Easily. Yeah. Easily. So that game, uh, it was it was a top five moment of my life. I cried like a bitch. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it, though. Because, I mean, it's like, it's like when people would take Cubs flags – to their grandparents' grave after yep. they won the like that we go back to the meaning of sports for people and like how it was that a foreign sports. concept yes, like that's sports that is sports that's when, why it's so cool when the Nationals won the World Series a few years back I cried during that so me and my granddad had a thing we would go to a um, 
we would go to a, a baseball game every year. We would take a baseball trip and go to a different stadium and stuff. And I started following the Expos as a joke. Yeah. And uh, turns out it was the year of the um, the strike when they they probably would have won the World Series. So anyway, we ended up going to D.C. when uh, the Nationals were at RFK the first year. Yeah. It was the best baseball trip that we had together. And, you know, after he passed away, I just quit following baseball. I didn't have my buddy to talk to about baseball anymore. It's different. So when, when the Nationals won the World Series, oh, I, I fucking – I was boo-hooing. I was like, oh, granddad. You know, like <laughs> – but I, that, that did. It meant something to me. I wish that I – like, Indiana basketball is, is the only – team that i like legit care about yeah. like that's my sport that college basketball is my sport that's my team that's really the only thing that gets right. any kind of like reaction. any kind of reaction because like, mm-hmm. my producers would work with a couple of guys who were awesome lucas panzica and robert walsh and uh, and jackson williams uh and they used to give me shit all the time they're like we don't think you're actually a sports fan and i was like well, you're right for the vast majority of my life i have had no interest <laughs> in this thing whatsoever there's been no reason for me to until indiana was playing during the Big Ten tournament, during the radio show, and they saw me watch an Indiana game, and I am just unhinged. Being this close at this point, though, if something, if the Titans won Super Bowl, you'd have to be just, just in your feelings. I don't think so. You really don't think so? It's, it's not. They're, you know, it's my job. Like, for, for people personally, like I've gotten to know a lot of these guys. Like mm-hmm. I have a good relationship with a lot of the play. We just had Brett Kern come Mike in. Mike Keith might actually yeah. punch someone. He might. Well, but he's not he's not homegrown, man. But I he's not homegrown. But it's not even that. Like I'd be happy for Mike Keith. I would yeah. be so happy for Mike Keith. I would yeah. be happy for Mike Vrabel. I'd be happy for Ryan Tannehill. Like for but individuals. It's not, your thing. it's not my thing. He's only been what you say, eight years? Yeah. I mean that's just eight years. Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's, that's it. a third of my life, bud. Hell that's I just claimed the Titans not too long ago. I was like, all right, I finally got my NFL team. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up in Alabama. And, uh, I grew up here, and we didn't have an NFL team, so the Vols. You know yeah, saying? like in Alabama, I mean, it was it was all college football. That's all you had. I mean, people had you know NFL teams, Atlanta, New Orleans, or you know a uh, couple of Florida teams. I love Cincinnati, actually. That was it. It's it's fucked up to say, and my bosses hate when I do this, but like that, my my, my greatest happiness would be for me because they have made a playoff run, which means that I'm my coverage is still working. Still working, <laughs> right? That my ratings are still good, that I'm not talking about Packers, Niners, right, right, and right. stuff like that in January. Like, that, that's where my, my joy would come from there, that we had done a great football season, that we had covered a Super Bowl, that, you know, there had been eyeballs on what it is that we had done throughout the course of a season for A to Z and, and for 104.5, and... Like that, that would be a sense of accomplishment and a sense of joy because you're there with them every day. I spend more time totally with them. I spent, they, they play games on Christmas Eve. Mike Vrabel yeah. runs practices on Thanksgiving. Like I have not done a, a, a family get together like that in seven years. And, um, you know, it's just, it, from that standpoint, there would be a gratification, but it's not about, it's not about them. Yeah. <laughs> you're, it you're sounds not, weird to you're say. Not the no, I see what you're saying. You're not the fan of, the like I don't have an NFL team. We lived in New York, DC, Egypt, uh, you know, Indiana, Tennessee. Like I, I think the only jersey I've ever owned, I somebody got me a Jets jersey, a John Abraham jersey when I was in second grade. That's the only jersey I've ever Who had. Who is the what professional is Egyptian? Dude, is everybody like, yes, that's our guy. Like which which Egyptian athlete? Oh, Mo really, Salah. 
Yeah. Mo Salah in soccer for sure. Who's he with now? Is he still with Arsenal? I I I don't follow uh, I don't follow soccer that closely, but I think he is still with Arsenal. I believe so. He's good. He's, he's he's phenomenal. A, he's a world yeah. talent. Um, say, if it but for, that's the one. That's if the, it weren't for guy. Messi or uh, Ronaldo, I mean, he he'd been up there. Most all have been up there for mm-hmm. sure. All right. Well, do you have anything you like to promote, Buck? Uh, I'm talking all the time at Buck Rising. It's easy. Okay. Thank you for coming on. We greatly appreciate it. You got anything? No, man. Hey, thank you for coming on, man. It's my pleasure. Right. You have a great day. Take care.